Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher on your uh, smartphone, and uh, if you're going to do some Christmas shopping, although it's a little late by the time you hear this, uh, if you didn't do shopping at all, go to Amazon banner on pulphockey.com. Click on the Amazon banner, make your purchase. We get a small slice of that, and we're able to uh, keep this show going. We appreciate it. And uh, the best men's underwear out there, two under, the number two, UNDR, Ferraro 20 code saves you 20%. Check them out. A lot of NHLers are wearing them, and uh, you should check them out too. So two under.com also on board with us. Again, thanks for listening. A guy on the line right now, uh, 667 starts, 277 wins in the NHL, played for a long time. One of the more, in my opinion anyways, one of the more underrated goalies of the 80s and 90s. Uh, Former Minnesota North Star, Washington Capitol among a few. Don Beaupre, what's up, Don? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, good to good to talk to you, Steve. Yeah, it's good to be here uh, just getting the Christmas thing going. Yeah, really, right? uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Now, uh, you're settled in Minnesota, and uh, what's going on with you? Well, yeah, I've been here, uh, you know, uh, about 18 years since I played. So uh, I had a house here uh, before I retired uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in Toronto, Ottawa there. But, uh, yeah, I have a little business I run now. I've been doing that uh, about 17 years, about as long as I played hockey, which (laughs) I can't believe. Scary, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, so so things change, but yeah, kind of pretty settled in here, and uh, there is life after hockey. Right. So you're drafted by Minnesota. If you were drafted by, uh, I don't know, the the Devils, would you be living in New Jersey now? Or was it just one of those things <laughs> where you got to Minnesota and you were like, hey, I really like this place? Yeah, no, it, it is a great place here, and, and who knows how it goes. You know, right. I was in Washington. I thought, yeah, I could live here. It's a great place, too. And, <laughs> you know, Ottawa, Toronto. I mean, Toronto's kind of home for me. Ottawa, you know, mm-hmm. would have been fine, but I wasn't there that long. So, But, uh, yeah, my wife's from Minnesota here, and, uh, oh, okay. yeah, the kids are settled and uh, are pretty much growing up now. I have my youngest daughter's a senior in high school, so she'll be yeah. taking off to college next year. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Things change, but yeah, it's kind of gone full circle here. Yeah, really. One of those things where a guy, you know, you get drafted. Like you said, you're from Waterloo, um, born in Waterloo, and uh, get drafted from Minnesota. Who knew that's where you would make your home like the rest of your life? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's tough to tell the future, sure. and the, the twists and turns, and uh, yeah, you don't know where you're going to be uh, in this crazy game, and uh, and uh, what what's going to happen. It's it changes, uh, you know, minute to minute. Sometimes it seems. Yeah, I uh, congratulations, by the way. I was doing some research for this podcast, and someone voted you the number 20 all-time Washington Capitol. So congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. You know, I went out, uh, last little story, uh, my son and I planned this East Coast hockey trip. Okay. And we went last March, and uh, we wanted to go to Washington as one of our stops. And when, about two weeks after we decided we are going to go, and we looked at the calendar and when we're going to uh, – when we can go out there, mm-hmm. when the game's all lined up, uh, I got a call from Washington, and that's what they said that uh, they want to bring in, you know, the the you know their 
30, 50 years, okay. something like that. Yeah, going. Yeah. And the, the 35 top guys, I got voted one of them, when can I come in? I go, I know exactly when I can come in. And <laughs> we had it on the calendar, and it worked out great. We had a great time out there. Hey, I also, too, remember a few years ago, the Winter Classic, the alumni game. Um, you were good. I don't know if, how much you practiced, but uh, the, I remember a few uh, stops on Mario. And uh, how what was that like? And did you, did you play much at all? And, and how, much the, how was the prep for the Winter Classic? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because I kind of started already, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun uh, uh-huh. playing outside, playing with the Caps guys, oh, playing against Pittsburgh, and you know, kind of know these guys, and in such a, a great atmosphere there, we had a great time there. But uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times I was coaching high school hockey then, so I went okay. out with those guys a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started my prep for the game in February. So, uh, and if you, you know, we have the game uh, against the Blackhawks in February on February 20th, our alumni game mm-hmm. at uh, TCF Field at University of Minnesota here. And so I, I actually started this week. So I got my son. <laughs> I got some brand new equipment, new gloves, kind of throwback stuff, uh, North Star uniform. I, I and saw I the uniform. Yeah. And uh, on Sunday night, uh, I put the pads on. And, you know, it's been five years since the outdoor game in Pittsburgh. I did okay. it, and it felt actually pretty good, and uh, even with new stuff. So you go on one time, I tweaked a few things and right. sharpened my skates a little sharper and who knows what else and knew this and knew that. And it felt pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting more excited now. I was kind of. I was kind of cringing uh, getting back in there again. It's, you forget how much work it is. But uh, yeah. anyway, try um, to stay in shape a little bit. Try to stretch a little bit. So it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's really sweet that the Wild are going back to the North Star jersey. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I was excited when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a Wild patch on the shoulder. And and uh, that's great. You know, I, I really thought we were going to wear Wild jerseys. Yeah, me but too. Bring I back the yeah. North Star Blackhawk thing. This is great. Yeah, no, yeah, the Chuck Norris division of, of the old days, right? Um, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, one of those things in those alumni games, and I watch, I try to watch all of them uh, whenever I can. There's always a guy like some of the superstars of the sport don't really care that much anymore, right? Like they're not they're not on their game or whatever. But then yeah. there's there's a dude like 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 Russ Courtnell. He he can still fly. He's still got a cannon, and you're like, yeah. geez, he still must play a lot. Like there must be these guys. Was there a guy? That you were like, oh, this guy's still on it. Like he still really cares. He still really tries. Well, I hate to say, and that's probably the competitiveness in me. I'm looking at the Blackhawks roster and to mm-hmm. see who that guy's going to be. And you're right, it's probably the most obscure guy, yeah. maybe a third or fourth rounder that still plays and is is real competitive. That uh, will, uh, you know, probably uh, stand out. And and uh, but but a little tip: watch for Gordy Roberts for us. Oh Gordy's yeah, really, he plays a lot. <laughs> He coaches high school, and he's out there. I know he, I saw the other day uh, some uh, video of him at practice with Elk Rivers, the, the name of the town he okay. coaches. And he, yep. he tapes up his shin pads oh. when he's coaching, you oh, know, geez. which is a direct contrast to Kurt Giles, who I coach with in Edina High, at Edina high School. Uh-huh. And Kurt doesn't even tie his skates when he coaches. So, <laughs> so, so Gordy's pretty competitive, and he skates quite a bit. So look for Gordy. That's that's our guy, I think, is going to stand out. Yeah, and uh, I think in the in the, in the capital um Alumni game. Did you have your old mask, or was that a replica? No, I, I wore. It. That's the mask I yeah, had. Yeah, that was awesome. Mask right. of every team yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that I played for, and uh, so I pulled that one out. But uh, that's cool. Now my son's 21, and he plays club hockey, University of Minnesota. So mm-hmm. all the equipment and stuff, he knows what's going on with it all. So I ordered like brand new the CCM equipment, and he picked out all the colors. It's throwback colors with a little bit of green on. But uh-huh. we're in the process of having this mask made, and uh, it's going to be. 
pretty cool. It's throwback. And oh, awesome. We're going to have Cesar Maniego and Gump Worsley and Joe Malash, who's <laughs> yeah. one of my all-time favorites I've played with and a great guy, and myself are going to be on. It's going to be a cool mass. So uh, if you're into mass and equipment, yeah. uh, look for this. It's going to be a pretty neat deal. I'm, the guy should finish it probably the next week here. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was really a nice touch. I'm like, that's, I think that's his real mask. I think that's his old Capitol yeah. mask. So, um, yeah, I went to that. Exactly. When people talk to you about your time in the game, and you've been away for a little while, um, but certainly had a, had a great career with a number of teams, uh, you know, went to Stanley Cup Finals with the Stars, and one of the best goalies in the league with the Capitals for a number of years. What do people remember you? What do they want to talk to you about? What, what kind of stuff do people say, oh, Don Beaupre, what about this time or that time? Is there something that always comes up where you're like, you got to tell the same story and you're going to tell it again on this podcast? Yeah, well, I'm not a great storyteller in that, you know, when somebody says something, it might click something in my head or remind you know, remind me of mm-hmm. uh, a, a great moment but uh you know being here in minnesota i mean it is you know the, the best times were were uh the chicago blackhawk minnesota north star rivalry early 80s right um right it was just kind of when when pro hockey you know the north stars were okay we're just coming into their own uh around 1980 there and then we had this big rivalry and we had the big fight with boston set the record penalty minute record in boston uh if you know that story there it's been told a lot lately since this outdoor uh-huh. games coming up, coming up talking. Yeah. Glenn, yeah glenn sonmore passed away this past week mm-hmm. uh coached me for five years and uh a hockey great in this town and uh how he liked fighting and the you know the north stars hadn't beat by 1981 the north stars had never won in boston oh, okay and uh glenn sonmore they were he was getting the guy to change that because it looked like at one point in the season we we're going to line up against boston in the first round which we ended up playing them but mm-hmm. uh we had to do something about it we're going to take a stand is what he had said and, okay uh we went up there seven seconds in there was a fight and there was fights and a new penalty uh, record minute record uh, was set, and uh, I don't even know what that number is anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah. it was set, and it was just—I mean, people just remember that all the time. And uh, because of that, I think we lost that game. But uh, I think we—you know—and everybody knew we outskilled them. We had a good mm-hmm. uh, young team with a lot of skill, and we end up beating them uh, three straight. You know, best of five series in the playoffs. So uh, the stand—the stand paid off in right. the end, especially when it counted most. So yeah. Um, do you watch much stuff now? How, how much do you keep up on it? I, I you know what, I, I watch more than I than uh, I should probably. So, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, no, I, I'm really interested in the play. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I, I think it's it, it, it's so exciting. The skill is just off the charts, and the commitment, and you know, you try to relate. You see different things in the game, and as a player, you know what's going on in the locker room. What are they thinking now? What's the goal? Are you thinking after mm-hmm. this goal or this play? And uh, but, uh, you know, and a lot of that I think is the same because I think the guys still play, even though there's so much more money in it, the guys play because they love to play, and that's how you how you have to play. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the toughest thing is to separate the business from playing because if you think all business, you're not going to be a good player. Yeah. And if uh, you think, you know, just as a player and for the love of the game, you're going to miss out on the business part, which is a huge part of it. Every, you know, it's a bit yeah. of everybody else. It should be to each player too. And, uh, but you got to put that aside when the puck drops. And I think that's the biggest change I think for the players right now is, uh, is to, to get over that, you know, if a yeah. big the guy may have a multi-million dollar contract on the line and he's got to go out and play and it's on his mind and gotta block uh, a shot. He's got to do whatever. Right. And he's yeah, a free agent exactly, or right. something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many variables. So that's really, I think, uh, makes it a lot tougher to play now. And just that it's, it's 12 months. I mean, yeah. we used to, 
you know, used to work out in the summer, but not like now. I'm so in- intrigued that the Minnesota Wild have a deal where becoming wild, and they show the guys in the off season to spend a day with them, and mm-hmm. they always show their workout routine, and it's just phenomenal. Uh, some of the you're stuff like, you're like, uh, you're like, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. I should have done a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, sometimes yeah. makes you glad you're retired. I know, but, uh, well, it's just, but it is interesting. It's just like the sport I cover for a living: the Supercross and Motocross. Uh, the old yeah. riders from the '80s, the you know legends of the sport. Um, yeah, everything gets better. Training gets better. Bikes get better. Equipment gets better. Everything kind of has grown, you know. And I think hockey's the same way. Yeah, Interesting. I saw the motocross a little bit when I was a kid. My brothers both raced motocross. Oh, really? And, uh, oh, wow. I know my run brother is first year he raced one twenty five. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, he did in, uh, really well. But he had he had his bike. He was in high school then. He had his bike, and he'd take the lights off on Friday night and take it and race on the weekend and Sunday he'd wash it all off with the lights <laughs> back lights on and back drive on. it to high school and uh, then he got serious about it the next year and he bought this bike yeah. and it was just a race bike and it was real and he had nothing but problems with oh, it. It was, geez. it was so sensitive and uh, he didn't do very well so uh, yeah. it was kind of uh, fun to, to watch that. That is. I was talking talking about the business of the game. I just talked to Lori Boschman. I did one of these with him. He was his own agent the whole time, right? And uh, and then I did one of these with Doug Smale a couple months back and Smale um, was also his own agent but he he did a lot of research into comparables and uh, the adjusted Canadian dollar because remember he played for the Jets, yep. and so he was going in and he was um, presenting John Ferguson Senior, which I imagine went over really well. Um, <laughs> you know all sorts of cases on why what he should be paid and why and cost of living and and uh, American Canadian dollar, and he felt like Doug felt like um, he, he shared that information with the Players Association and he felt like he got maybe a little bit of a bad rap for doing something like that. This was in the mid eighties, you know, yep. and Laurie kind of made it seem like eh, maybe he would have you know, been able to get a few more dollars if he had not represented himself. So mm-hmm. one of those things, like people don't understand, you guys, I mean, well, you played, you know, mid-90s, things started to change, your salary disclosure and everything else, but it was tough going for you guys. Like people, people don't understand, like the stars of the sport, a lot of these owners weren't paying out what they, what they probably could have or should have. Well, exactly, and it, it changed a lot. And I went through a time I signed, well, my second-last contract, I I signed with Washington and, and it was really, it took a long time to do. And I had a holdout or two and, and, uh, oh, so you held you out. Know, yeah, it was just, everything was yeah. changing so fast, you know, when it's like, well, Grant Fear is only making this, but yeah, but Grant Fear isn't signing today. He signed three years ago, you know, right. are, you know, when Grant, if Grant Fear signed today, this is probably what he'd be getting. So it's mm-hmm. tough. It was a, it was a tough deal on both sides. But I think when, when salary disclosure, in, in the player association took place. That was the difference because you knew and you were armed with yeah. actual facts where yeah, the yeah. facts were only held by the general managers, yeah. you know, when it comes to signing. So when that, it really leveled the playing field. And I think that's one of the key factors uh, about the salaries going up for players, but the revenues really went up too, so they could pay more, but True. were they making that much uh, in the seventies, eighties that the owners, I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, that I don't know, but it sure yeah. has changed. So yeah. Did you have an agent? Better. Did you have a guy? I did, you yeah. know, and some good and uh, huh. one pretty bad. I mean, I got a story <laughs> that I don't want to tell until yeah, I get yeah. into the bus, but it was terrible, you know. Like the guy, the guy stole there. from you, or he just did a shitty job? No, he just did a bad job. Right, right, right. I mean, you get a, you know, you the end of the year you're supposed to sign a big contract and mm-hmm. uh, you know, new contract. You earned something, you played well, and he sends you a letter, and this is what you're supposed to be, you know, this is what you can expect getting a four year deal at X amount, and mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it, a holdout right to training camp, and he says. 
this is it. This is all you can get. It's not even close to what he gave me in the letter. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really needs, like, uh, okay, what's going on here? So anyway, yeah. there's more to it. But yeah. uh, that's that's history. I try not to dwell on that. Right. So anyway. Um, well, hey, let's talk a little history, though. Let's let's get in the time okay. machine. Go back into your career. You're drafted in the second round. Uh, your second year, you go to the finals. I tried to look on the internet and do some research. You lost in five to the Islanders. Um, did you play in any cup final games? You got in six games, but I didn't know which part of the playoffs you did with this upstart Minnesota North Star team. Yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, that was all in my first year. Oh, we first year. Okay, yep, sorry. Yeah, I was a rookie, and, uh, you know, Joe Malash had a great playoff. The, the North Stars, the year before I got there, mm-hmm. uh, beat Montreal, knocked them out of the playoffs, and Montreal had just won four cups in a row. Right. So, uh, so the North Stars were on the upswing, and I remember watching one of the games, the game they knocked them out, and I go, boy, I wouldn't mind getting drafted uh, there, and sure enough, I did. Yeah. You know, and it was me and Malash. Malash played great, and uh, when we started the playoffs in 81, uh, he played the majority of the games. A lot of people don't realize that because that was kind of my first year. Yeah, yeah. Well, he you went got... pretty well, so they kind of give me credit. Jill did most of the heavy lift in there in the playoffs. I played one game in the in each series, the first three, and then okay. the finals against the Islanders. He started, he lost. I played the second game, last. He played the third game, he lost. I played the fourth, we won. <laughs> oh, we won. I played the okay. fifth. So uh, anyway, so that's kind of how it went. So I played three games in the final, but but Jilly did most of the work. Uh, the other time yeah to, to get to the finals but hey as a rookie yeah. you're like yeah this is awesome the nhl rules you get to the stanley cup finals <laughs> this is great yeah, yeah um, every year is the first year <laughs> right right every year this is fun yeah um cicerelli was on fire too for you bobby smith of course was coming up craig hartsburg uh it was like a yeah like you said it was like an emerging young team yes no doubt it was there they were you know they they made some inroads the year before against montreal they're getting better and uh had some good draft picks and you know, I mean, at the end of my first year, uh, Neil Brott and Steve Kristoff came uh, mm-hmm. after their college was done and really added, and, and we were kind of a different team by the end than we were even at the beginning. And uh, But the team, you know, after the playoff the year before against Montreal, I mean, they, they springboarded them and had a lot of confidence and had a bunch of young guys and a lot of enthusiasm, uh, and things just seemed to mesh. It was uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Probably the best year I ever had uh, fun-wise and, you know, yeah, and uh, you know, made I made the All Star team halfway through, and went to the final, and it was uh, a dream year, never to be duplicated. <laughs> yeah, what'd you finish in the Calder voting? I was I was third behind third, okay. Peter Stastny, yeah, and Larry Murphy, if I remember right. Yeah, so yeah. I was third in, in that. So I could uh, only find the winner, but I figured you had to have been up there. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was in there, but uh, yeah, one of those um, things. It's like when it's all said and done. Hey, would you like to be on there? Great, but at the time, it's it's definitely understandable. Peter Stastny was great. Larry Murphy was great. So. Yeah, yeah. Stastny set the record for the points as a rookie. So, although he's probably okay. twenty five when he came in the league, so you were like, hey, wait he, a minute. Was. <laughs> he was. He was. He was a little older. Right, you know, right. But that's the way it goes. Hey, Wayne Gretzky uh, couldn't win it because yeah. of his WHA yeah. Uh, yeah. background. Um, yeah, I, was, I did one of these with Jordy Douglas, who was traded there in uh, Minnesota early on, and uh, yeah. he, you know, he wasn't a huge part of those teams. But he, he mentioned to me, I said to him the same thing, like, "Hey, that was a like young core at Minnesota there," and he said, "Yeah, they, they were talented, but he said kind of like alluded to like they didn't, they were just kids, and everyone was kind of, you know, they didn't really realize how good they could be." And guys were getting a little full of themselves a little bit because, you know, every, everybody was younger and there wasn't like an older dudes or something like that to kind of calm them down. He just alluded to like the team had no no leaders that were old guys. They were all just young kids um, and yourself included in that. Do you agree with some of that as to why they couldn't take a next step? 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, we had a lot of our older guys. We, all of a sudden, we decided, you know, to go all young. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the leadership uh, was lacking there. And a lot of guys, you know, the the better guys, the guys are a little bit older. That was their first chance of being on a really good team. You know, they were mm-hmm. on with Cleveland before and California Golden Seals. And a lot of guys, you know, were just, just coming into their own. So it wasn't guys that had been in the league, had seen everything, right. and could give some perspective. It, it, we didn't have that. And uh, no knock against any one of the players in that and uh but uh, you know sometimes that comes you know from higher up you know and yeah, yeah. uh you need the leadership there and and uh but yeah the guys i i think jordy is is right on you know mm-hmm. sometimes how do you handle success and uh there's nobody yeah. there to kind of okay boys settle down here a little bit we haven't won anything and uh yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i don't think we had that so I, I i totally agree the cup final against the islanders was it at times it was it just for you a little frustrating bossy trache potvin gillies tonelli born just yeah i mean you're just great like, team and yeah. you can't you can see why we lost but at the same time uh a couple of them were you know, shootouts we yeah a couple of them were shootouts if i remember right yeah, well, there's a lot of goals scored at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the differences, things are things are just change, you know. Yeah. Just look at the goalie equipment, you know. If I had goalie equipment on now, oh, I you know, know. That's a, more pucks would have hit me. So, uh, and I always say, anything that hits me, I stop. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> it can't hit you if you're not very big. I mean, you look at Ken Dryden, right? How tall he was. You put the new equipment on him, you'd look like a totally different uh, guy in there. And, cover a lot of you know those skinny arm pads and skinny pants and skinny well, pads that barely go to your knee so yeah let's talk about that a little bit because i've done these with van beesbrook and rudy and, and i asked them the same kind of questions and, and and actually you're a good guy to talk to because you know when you started late in the 90s mid 90s and all that is kind of when it started so from when you started with minnesota till you got out like did your did your equipment get bigger where you like hey look my pads are bigger my pants are bigger um which is awesome for you guys but i do feel like right now like we do need something to get some goals in the game maybe you don't feel that way as a goalie t- goaltender union but um the equipment has just just blown up hasn't it yeah there's no doubt that's so much bigger i mean i, I remember getting measured for equipment my you know some goofy stuff, but mm-hmm. but you know they'll measure pads and they're brand new beginning of the year. But because of the way they were made with deer hair and they just all crumpled, you know, and all <laughs> sagged to your feet, yeah. and uh, they're terrible as far as as far as the protection. But to wear new stuff like you can now, I mean, it doesn't really change much. You know, no. to wear out with the foam in there, it keeps its shape and and uh, it's it's just so much better that way and so much lighter. But uh, yeah, I mean, it changed so much, and they tried to measure it, but they weren't really on top of it. And yeah. you know what? The guys took advantage of where they could. And, yeah. Uh, but but should they they cut it down? You bet. I think all the goalies agree. I, I, I was reading the paper, or Devin Dubnik's gone on some kind of a, a board or whatever, and they're going to yeah. talk about where they're going to cut down and pants is the biggest thing. And I always look – it's funny because they talk about the pants now, and whenever my kids – my my son played goalie. My my daughter played goalie a little bit. And the first thing I get him was a goalie mask because that's the only thing made to stop pucks. Not a helmet <laughs> with a cage on for lacrosse right. or whatever they right. use. I think that was you know. And then and then they, I got them goalie pants because I thought they didn't look like a goalie. They had forward pants. They don't look like a goalie. And uh, mm-hmm. now they're looking at looking at pants and how. Uh, you know how how yeah. they change and how much they should be really be cut down, but uh, it's kind of funny when I started playing with Joe Malash, we had goalie pants, but they weren't very good. But he'd take on each each side of your thigh, there's like a little deal where you slip this little kind of looks like a cigar piece of 
piece of foam in there. Okay. You know, that was your protection. But he took this <laughs> other foam and peeled it and rolled it up and stuffed it super tight to make your thighs a bit wider. So it's a little trick I learned from him. Oh, Jill's Malosh, ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, ahead of his time, exactly. But you know what? What an opportunity we all missed where, you know what, this equipment is really bad. Let's do something about right. it. But nobody was thinking about that then. Well, you, you actually had bruises, you know, after the game, I'm sure. Oh, right? totally. And, and, and yeah, yeah, and these guys, I don't think these guys do at all now. Like, I would doubt yeah, it. There's no... But I look at, you know, my daughter played. She's 17 mm-hmm. now in, in, a, in a senior in high school. And she, well, she she's kind of putting the pads on here and there. But she's in there. She'd get hit in the head. She wouldn't care. She <laughs> hardly ever got hit in the shoulder until she got in high school. It never hurt. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It never hurt at all. And that's that's what you talk about as a kid, whatever. You're going street hockey and you're getting hit by the yeah. frozen ball or puck or whatever. I mean, that's the fear fact. They, You know. Couple of shots like that, most people are out of there now. It's like it's not even an issue. So, and I, I played goalie a little bit uh, in Winnipeg, where I grew up uh, before I left to, to come down in the U.S. And I, I remember around probably around ninety one, ninety two, I started seeing this cheater on the gloves, you know. And I, yeah. I bought one, and I was like, "Oh, look at this thing!" And it's massive now. And yeah. you don't need that. That does nothing. That that that's not even protecting your body. So, right, <laughs> you know, exactly right, yeah, um, exactly. Um, hey, one of the questions I had for you um, because early on, so you had this great rookie year. You go to the finals. You know, you, you yourself, second-round draft pick and, and showing some good skill. So you're splitting the net with Gilles a lot in those early years. And Gilles Malosh played for California Golden Seals, and he had probably an underrated career like yourself, too. But totally. you totally said he was one of your favorite teammates, so this question doesn't really apply. But I was going to say, how in, in all sorts of hockey, in goaltending, especially the veteran is looking behind his shoulder at the kid, knowing the kid is coming to take his job. So I was going to say, how was Gilles and yours relationship? But it sounds like it was awesome. You know, it was, and I, I tell that story a lot, where I, I came into Minnesota. It was uh, Jim Malash, who I think uh, took most of the workload, you know, for for the year before. Uh, Gary Edwards was the other goalie then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scoop, I don't remember, he had the tiniest pads, little guy, real student of the game. <laughs> but I know Jill and, and Gary were good friends. They roomed together. Their wives were really good friends. Okay. And I don't, you don't realize this when you're a yeah, yeah. 19-year-old kid. But I come in there and made the team, and Gary's – you know, they traded him halfway through the year, but he's kind of, you know, his career's in jeopardy in that. Sure. And, uh, I mean, Jill, we roomed together. Jill could have been, you know, been a tough tough guy to play with, and it was nothing but great. And, and I hope, and I don't know, we're still good friends now. We don't see each other. We talk mm-hmm. here and there. We right. really caught up five years ago in Pittsburgh. Uh, we played against each other. And, and uh, yeah. it was kind of tough when he was goalie coach in uh, Pittsburgh and I was playing in Washington. And, we played against each other. It seemed like every year in the playoffs, we didn't yeah. really talk at all, you know. But right, right. Uh, we caught up, and it was great. And I just hope that I, I, I think, you know, I felt the respect for him and what he did and right. what he was doing. Played with him, and uh, and I hope if he saw that, and and uh, you know, he, he was nothing but helpful to me. And uh, I just hope I treated it the right way. And <laughs> all I know is, is we're good friends. And he said, "Hey, just well, you must, know, we kind of see him out. after five yeah. years, and we, it's like we never, you know, just pick up where we left yeah. off." So that's that's always. A lot of fun. And then he probably ret- – no, he goes to Pittsburgh. Um, yes. And uh, John Casey comes in, and now you're the guy like, oh, Casey, John Casey. So they yeah. – you know, could you kind of see like, hey, the team's wanting this guy to come up? I mean, you were still young, still having good seasons. You know what I mean? The team was kind of up and down, I remember. as, And I'm a Leaf fan, so I follow yeah. that division pretty closely. Um, and, uh, you know, you were a solid guy, but the team was up and down. And, and then John Casey comes in, so you're like, oh, wait, this guy. Coming yeah. to take my job. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, and Kerry Taco came in, if you remember yeah. him. The yeah, big white pads. Yeah, uh, yeah he looked the great. First guy to do that. Kerry, great guy. 
we email back and forth sometimes now too. And uh, you know, Terry, John Casey, I just saw Terry Taco and you email. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He's over in Finland. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. You know, every once in a while. Uh, you know, at one point he had said, "Hey, contacted me. Hey, you know, when the wild started and uh, and uh, was that fifteen years ago now? And, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's he's looking for. He wanted to scout for them over there and oh, okay. like a contact and back and forth. He'll send. He sent a Christmas deal the other oh, day. Oh, sweet! Yeah, look at that. Yeah, so you know, and okay. him and I got along great. We roomed together too. And uh, John Casey, I just saw we had a North Star goalie reunion uh, in March, and and that was a lot of fun. John came in, and Kerry couldn't come, but. Uh, right. Uh, Pete Lapresti here, oh, Cesar yeah. Maniego came in, oh, Jamal Caesar, came yeah, yeah. in. We had, uh, I, t- I tell you what, if you like goaltending, we were sat uh, Tom Reed, who does the the radio color on the wild broadcast okay. as a bar right by the XL Energy Center. And uh, we uh, we we went to a game in the afternoon, and we all went down. They were sitting this table with Caesar and, and, uh, and Jill, Pete Lapresti yeah. and Jills and, and started, my son was with us, you know, he's 21, and, uh-huh. and uh, they started telling stories about how the mask Came in and how you know Caesar saying how uh, he wanted to wear the mask. He was in Montreal one time. He was uh-huh. supposed to get a mask, and uh, Jacques Plante took him down to the um, the uh, Montreal Hospital or whatever yeah, Memorial yeah. Hospital, and that's where they made the mask. And he had this mask, and told Blake was coaching the team, and he's going to put this mask on in practice. And he's like, "What's that?" He goes, "A mask." He goes. I don't recommend you wear that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. You know, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was just. It, and, and this is like a line yeah. line. We had a, and it's a direct line to Jacques Plante, who invented the damn thing. You know what I mean? You're yeah. sitting there with the guy, right? Um, yeah. um, and I remember too. So, all right, so you're playing in Minnesota. Things are going all right. Uh, you're, you know, again, you're one of the better goalies in the league. John Casey's coming up. That one year, though, so '88, '89, you play one game for Minnesota, you get traded to the Caps, you only play 11 games for them, and it was one of those years where like people were like, okay, I, and again, this is just a kid on the couch, you know what I mean, like, yeah. sitting there, out, you know, you're like, oh, did is, is Don Beaupre done? Like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? What That was a really bad year for you. Um, oh, totally. What happened? What was the deal with it? Well, you know, we had new management. We had a mm-hmm. new general manager, uh, Ray Ferraro, Pierre, Pierre Paget came in to coach, and we didn't do well. They were going to make a statement. Things are changing around here. It was myself, Scott Bukestad, Brian Lawton, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon Deneen. Um, boy, I'm trying to think uh, other guys. They just sent about eight of us down to the minors. Oh, geez. We cleared waivers at the end of training camp. We go down to the minors, you know. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, uh, Dave Gagne. Gagne. Dave Gagne, went yeah. down to. Yeah. He came back and had a great career after that. You know, they just had clean house on guys they thought were going to do that. And a lot of guys like myself – found a way back and had yeah. played a lot of years and I yeah. took my best years after that. So yeah, my career did flash before my eyes, but that's how it started there. I went, so, uh, they had a little bit of goalie, goalie problem. They had this Yarmo Millis. They thought was going to be the guy he oh, played yeah. for Finland, yeah. uh, in the, in the Olympics year before and thought he was going to come in and take over. And that didn't work out and the injury. I got called up and he got play a game in Detroit and Detroit was flying high. I went in there. I think I got second star and then they want to put me in the press box the next game. I go, I, you know, or that sent me down, and then I said, you know what, I'm kind of done. I played too many years here to be in playing the minors well, for this team. I'll play for somebody else's minor league team and earn my way back. And then they traded me for a tenth round pick to Washington. Yeah, like you look at what you were traded for, and it was, you know, I yeah. forget the guy's name already. Um, but Yar- uh, Scremen, Claudio, Claudio Scremen. Yes, it that's was. it, Claudio Scremen. And again, yeah. like I remember you being still a very good goalie. It's not like you were old at this point or anything. It was just one of those things where, like. 
like people almost like <laughs> would you get caught with a bunch of coke or something like what yeah. happened you know what yeah, i mean i know it was Just, it was sad you know it's right. funny because what really helped my confidence because you're really wondering you're in the minors and that and i go to washington they go what the heck is going on there you know and yeah i, I felt they had respect for for my game and whatever, and it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. I kind of bought my time. I had to play in the minors for a few months before I got called up. And, you know, I mean, my, my career, I played well in the minors. And I was playing all the time, and I mm-hmm. played well, so I still had come, but not getting a chance. And uh, But when I did get called up, it was on a road trip out west, and I, my first game was in L.A. the first year Gretzky was there. Okay. And, uh, hey, my career was flashing before my eyes because this is <laughs> my best last chance here, maybe. Sure, and, right. Uh, and the thing, the things that I played five games in a row and played pretty well, and they traded Clint Malarchuk uh, away. And uh, so at you the and time, P- you might remember where he went to Buffalo. Then, and two weeks after he got there, he had his neck. Oh, was it know, was it that soon after? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it was two weeks after he got traded. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. And, Clint was a good guy. It was tough to watch that. Yeah, and then you, so you show up, and there's Pete Peters too, another good, solid yeah. veteran guy. You know, like yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Cicerelli shows up. They get they get yeah. in for Gartner, I think. Is that same? Yeah, same yeah Gartner, Larry Murphy went right. there, and uh, Bob Rouse came to Washington too. And you guys are you and Cicerelli are sitting there going, oh, "Glad we got out of that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think he was happy to get out of out of Minnesota. But you know, a couple years later, they they get to the final, which was uh, yeah exciting too. It was true. Kind of tough. I come back to Minnesota here in the summer and. Uh, yeah, that's a good point for Washington, and they're in the final, you know. So yeah, yeah. anyway, um, so the Caps are when you really start to uh, start to shine. Forty-eight games one year, forty-five the next year. And when I yeah. think of those early Caps, I think of two things, Don. And not to get you mad, but I think of two things: yep. playoff kind of underachievement um, is one yep. one that comes to mind. And you could make a case to this day. The Capitals are the same. They really are. I mean, obviously they made the finals against the Red Wings there, yep. and but Ovet, they seem like they're on fire this year. By the way, so it looks like it yeah. may, it may yeah. end. But one of those things where you guys had some solid teams, but one year Pittsburgh upset you. I think another year, I want to say the Rangers did or something. But yep, Rangers um, your last two. Yeah, yeah. Like what times. was the what was the deal? You think all those years looking back at it now, like what you guys had some terrific teams. Yeah, well, it's ironic because the day I got traded to Washington. They uh, we were sitting in the office with Brian Murray and uh, uh, Doug McLean was assistant coach and uh, Warren Stralo, the late yeah. Warren Stralo goalie coach. There we're talking and they're talking about how they have a hard time against Pittsburgh. Not even the playoffs, just playing okay. against Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And they go maybe you know you've we traded for you. You know you got a 500 playoff record, mm-hmm. which they thought was pretty good. It was, I don't know <laughs> what they're doing there. They, they, were, they were pretty impressed with that. I remember them right. saying, and maybe you're a guy. I go, hey, I'd love to be your guy. And it's funny because it took a while to get up there, mm-hmm. and we did lose to Pittsburgh. But my last year there, we knocked Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, and and, uh, and that included one other year where we lost to them. We were up three games. To yeah. one on them, yeah. You know? I think the and Capitals have, knock yeah. them out. So here, yeah, you're exactly right. And you talk about the. the I, I think well, the so. Capitals have blown seven three to one series leads in their, something like that, that right? in their in their oh, his, wow. in their franchise history, which is insane. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So we beat them my last year. We beat them, yeah, and knocked them out. And I got traded the next. I got <laughs> traded the next year. I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I don't think uh, I think they played them a couple times and haven't beat them since. Right. So, uh, the same thing's going. So, um, anyway. Yeah, Doug McLean, I forgot he was there with Brian, and they went to Detroit after that. Um, yeah. yeah, he's because he's on TV a lot up here, Sportsnet, and everything. You know, he's one of the, he's one of the media guys now, so he seems pretty yeah. pretty funny guy. Um, yeah. The uh, another thing too, when you think of those Capitals teams, uh, Kevin Hatcher, you yeah. started with Langway. Langway was there. Uh, Ally Afraidy, yeah. just 
bombs from the point during practice. Just probably just you just going, oh, no, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had heavy yeah. shots. Al is a good guy, and we were pretty good friends, and we were totally different. I was kind of the family, married family man. He's kind of the single rebel motorcycle, long hair, you Dude, know, guy. The and sto- the, Al and I got along really well. Did I you? saw him a year ago. I did a charity deal back in Waterloo, and uh, he, he came in. His son was playing for Kitchener Rangers. Uh-huh. Anyway, he came in and played in this uh, charity deal for the homeless, and uh, I saw him. It was good to see him. Yeah, there's, so there's, it's kind of funny our connection Al and I had. There, there's a ton of Ally Freddy stories in the game. I, somebody <laughs> just told me one of, one of these. Like, you know, obviously he would walk around uh, naked. Well, Randy Burge. I talked to Randy Burge, uh, yeah. who's a teammate of yours, yeah. and um, yeah. he lives here in Vegas, actually. And, oh, really? Yeah, he lives in Vegas. He's a realtor. Okay. So he said Al would walk around naked and he would use the blowtorch to light his cigarettes and then he'd work on his sticks all nonstop. <laughs> and I'm just like, like there's so many Ally Freddy stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was great. He'd come in at training camp and he'd be all tanned up and, and ripped, you know, and he'd he'd walk around. Al was he was great. And like, again, oh, hardest shot in the All Star game. So like you're facing yeah. and Hatcher too. Hatcher had a cannon, and you're just yeah, like, oh guys. Um, well, it was good to play. We had Scott Stevens, we had Langway, we had Hatcher, yeah, we had Larry right, Murphy. Right. You know, we had some some real good defensemen there for quite a, quite a few years. And then, so you're playing majority of the games though. So at some point, Pete Peters gets shipped off. I think he goes to Philly. I don't remember, but um, 48 games for you, 45, 54, 58. Like you're now like a number one goalie in the league uh-huh. on a, on really good team. I imagine when you again, like you, I think you alluded to it earlier. This is this is the heyday of your career. This is times are great. You're playing almost every yep. day, and your team's great. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a great time. I think I played my best hockey there, and mm-hmm. and it took a while to get there. And uh, yeah, I don't know if if you know Michael Liut came in. We played together for yep. a while, and uh, um, but for the most part, uh, um, yeah, I got to play play most of the games. But but Pete Peters. At the end of my first year there, when they they traded Clint away, mm-hmm. and then we played Philly in the playoffs, and, and Pete didn't play very well, and they ended up trading him, and I was kind of the number one guy by default. Okay. And, uh, you know, so also it was in my lap, and I, I remember uh, going to our opening luncheon, and uh, and it was uh, McKenzie. Was it Bob McKenzie? Bob McKenzie, yeah, yeah. He was the guest speaker. Oh, wow. And he was kind of talking about the state of the team, and he goes, Hey, no disrespect, but I see your weaknesses in that. You know, he's talking to me. So no, no disrespect. I was the number one guy on paper, but but he was right. I had a lot to prove then. You know, my yeah. career was kind of the year before wasn't great, and uh, and that's uh, something to prove. But I think I got uh, Player of the Month. I think the second month into the season. So uh, mm-hmm. I kind of I put that to rest anyway. So when you're playing anyway. when you're playing that many games. Um... I guess you just get into a groove, huh? You're probably not practicing much. Like you're taking a few optionals, and and you're just one of those guys where the coach leaves you alone. You know you're playing. It's got to be like just a massive bit of confidence. You know if you let a stinker in too, you're gonna you're gonna stay in. You know, like it's just a yeah. mental state of mind, I guess, right? Well, you're exactly right. And and I, as, you know, when I started playing goal when I was six years old, I played all the games all the way up through. I played all the games junior, everything, and you know, but sw- switch with Malash to start a little bit, but. For the most part, then middle of my career, I played most of the games, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, at the end of my career, that's what did me in. I went to, I got traded from Ottawa, who I, I thought it, I was playing really well there for a year and a half. I got traded to Toronto, and Felix Potvin was there, and and he had signed a big deal, and he was playing well, and I'd play every two weeks. Yeah. And the longer I went there, you know, the last half of the year, I got traded for the last half of the year, and I just by the end, I just didn't feel confident because I was sitting there watching so much. Yeah. And as hard as it worked out, that summer I tried to do a do a uh, an adjustment in in my mindset, and I I, I can do this. I'm going to work hard, and I went with a good attitude. Had a good training camp. 
I didn't play for like a month, and I just couldn't get it back. And they put me on waivers, which I don't blame them. And I was mm-hmm. in the minors again and just kind of playing out. I go, I can't do this. And yeah. at my age, I'm never going to play all the games. You know, or no team's going to count on me to play all the all the games at 36, 37 years old. So right. if I can't do this, I'm going to be done. And I thought, 17 years, you know what? Just <laughs> telling me something, uh, I'm done. And that, and and you're right. To play all the time, yeah, it's was just... was how I thrived, and I played better. And I mean, in junior, we used to go on the road and play three and three nights on the road, and. Uh-huh. Uh, if I was good on the first night, I was unbelievable on the last night. I remember I just had so much confidence playing all the time, and uh, so sitting sitting on the bench wasn't for me. So that trade to Ottawa that you talked about, like again, if you look at your stats, and I remember correctly, like you're the number one guy, fifty four, fifty eight, fifty three games yeah. in ninety three, ninety four. Your your goals against is two eight four, which is great. You know what I mean? And and save percentage is good. Did you, was it kind of like a shock? Were you like, hey, what happened? Or did you kind of know it was coming? It was uh, early in January when you got traded. But did what, that might yeah. have been kind of weird. Well, it was a lockout year. And, okay. Uh, I had uh, – um, I knew it was the end of my contract. I had two years left of my contract. And uh, um, I actually – when the lockout was, I put my house up for sale in Washington. I was just going to rent because I knew something's going to happen. Oh, really? Huh? Sure enough, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> I bought a house back here in Minnesota, and uh, so I, I went back there for the one week training camp before the season started. Late January, I think it was uh, when we went when the lockout was over. And uh, third day in, I got traded. So uh, yeah, so I knew it was coming. They had Byron Defoe, they had Ole Coldzik that had been yep. kind of in the minors and trying to get up and they they, they weren't real confident uh they had rick tabaracci who played a little bit the year before yeah that showed some promise they had a lot of young guys you know they uh just they thought it was yeah, time you to go with where, them yeah. so you could see yeah, where it was so, coming yeah you were like oh wait a minute but, this is but the upside of that is when i went to washington they traded a 10th round pick for me and then they got a fifth <laughs> round from ottawa for me so i figure i had to be twice as good uh, anyway. i'm telling you i i don't want to say it to kiss your ass i always thought you were an underrated goalie and like yeah one of those things where you're like getting traded for fifth and 10th rounders like what's going on like you yeah. know it's hard to find guys to play start 55 50 50 plus games for you but yeah um, i think in the end the trades were good value for them mm-hmm. and not you know happy for that and uh so hopefully uh they got you know i just tried to be a consistent goalie you know that the guys could count on me. Management could count on me. How yeah. they actually viewed me when in the, when they give up a tenth round pick, do they not care as much? And I kind of fit in there. And yeah. so if that's the case. That was good value. And in, in Ottawa, they wanted me to play a lot for a fifth round pick, and I did. And I think yeah. I gave them what they they needed there. So uh, hey, everybody's happy, I guess. It's, in the end, it is weird though. Like you said, you finally beat Pittsburgh, and you get traded too. Like again with those yeah. stats I said, and then you finally yeah you get, you get traded Ottawa. Ottawa, this is Yash and Dag days. Still early expansion years, yep. so it's tough. You're seeing a lot of rubber. <laughs> yeah, a lot of rubber there. You know, we, I, I remember uh, I got went went there so the lockout year, and we 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 were okay. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I remember. I played pretty well, but talking about your career flashing before your eyes, it's like you're going to get a lot of pucks. Yeah. Last place team in the league, how do you look good at all to get another contract? No, you know? right? And, yeah. uh, and somehow it worked out. I signed another two-year deal. And, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, Dag was making a ton of money and Yashin 
we'll see in this, but Yashin was carrying the yeah. carrying the load there, you know, getting all the points, <laughs> and there was that underlying deal there, and uh, the yeah, new he, building coming in, and I don't know. Anyway, it was a lot of how was how was Dag as a teammate? Obviously, like you feel sorry for the dude because he's always late. He's listed as the biggest boss in NHL or whatever. Every time you read something, yeah. you know what I mean. It's got to be kind of shitty for him to to always read that. But I, I mean, I guess in one way he was. But how was he? In your experience as a player and everything else, and I mean, did he feel like he was a little entitled, and and or how was he? He had a lot of self confidence, but you know what? I played with a guy Brian Lawton here in Minnesota, first mm-hmm. round pick, and yep. kind of the same thing, and and it, it didn't pan out. Uh, you know, very similar careers pan out the way it was was. Uh, uh, advertised but you know what that's not their fault how yeah, it's advertised yeah. but yeah. just the first round pick and that but you know both those are very similar have a lot of self-confidence uh and it just seemed to a lot of stuff just roll off them and i don't know deep down if it did or not but on the surface i thought they handled it well and right. kind of kept their confidence and kept going i don't know if they had the fire in them if they're the type of guy that have that fire in them well yeah i'm a first round pick i gotta i want to prove it now you know yeah and, yeah and and whatever, so I, I, I don't know. I know they threw a lot of money at Dig. They did. I Brian Lawton that got that kind of money or, or salary vision or whatever. And right. I don't know if that does it. You know, it depends on the individual. I didn't get to know him, play with him that long enough to get to know him that well if that's yeah, yeah. the underlying problem or it just wasn't there. So, well, but, I mean, in 17 guy, years, though. yeah, in 17 years, you've seen I, all types of guys. You've seen the yeah. guys with not much talent making the most out of what they have, you know, and making good money and having great careers. And then I'm sure you've seen more than a few guys that are super talented and didn't have the drive, right? In 17 years, you come across all sorts of dudes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's it, it's tough to see guys with a lot of talent that just didn't bring it every day or or you see it when they have a, a contract year. You yeah. Know? So it was tough because, yeah, a lot of guys were, you know, journeyman grinding it out day to day and trying to do what you can do. And if these guys are on the power play and not giving all they have, you know, they're getting all the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the best ice time and not I mean the, the, the team just didn't seem, but you know, I, I guess there's gotta be guys like that now. That's nothing. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. probably like that. I'm in business now in the business world and mm-hmm. I got, you know, a, a construction company or a plumbing company or electric got those type of guys that sure. uh, are talented and just don't seem to, you know, yeah. produce as much as what they should. So uh, that's that's just life in general. Who's uh, a few more questions for you? Don Popray on the Pulp Hockey podcast here. Check it out, pulphockey.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher app on your smartphone. A few more questions with the great Don Beaupray. Uh 277 wins. Crap, couldn't get the 300, right? So close. <laughs> uh, Kelly yeah. Rudy was the same way. He almost did it. But, um, yeah, who's a goalie that you played against or with? that you really felt was underrated all these years? Somebody that maybe didn't get a lot of credit. Maybe, again, you made a couple all-star games, which was great, but maybe somebody who didn't. Um, was there anybody that comes to mind? Um, not, you know, I, I was always kind of chasing the leaders here. And in starting Minnesota, you, you know, we never had great goals against. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and but so you look at a team like Washington, who, who I eventually went to, who played yeah. tight defense that had great stats all right. the time, you know. And Hall of Fame defenseman uh, there, and I got a little piece of that when I went there. But uh, yeah, so I can't remember any one guy okay. that was underrated. Uh, I always used to like Bob Asenza. I liked the way he played. You know, Kirk McLean mm-hmm. in uh, Vancouver. McLean, I liked yeah. the way he played. You know, and whether underrated, I don't know. I right, never yeah. really followed that too much. But sure. uh, you know, personally, I liked the way he played. I, you know, I like. McLean plays now. McLean was a stand-up goalie, <laughs> big yeah. time, big time. Yeah, yeah. 
and you look, but he had, you know what? He's always kind of in control and not flopping around, I guess, like I did. Maybe that's what I liked about him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? You were like, hey, I wish I could do more of that. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you played in two All-Star games. What do you remember from them? Your rookie year in 81, where was it? And what do you remember from it? And then in, uh, in 93, uh, when you were at the Caps, where was that? What do you remember? Well, I remember uh, uh, my 81, my first season uh, was in L.A. And all okay. the glitz and everything. And they had the, the Triple Crown line. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry Buss was the owner and all his all all the the chicks around that and <laughs> right. Uh, exactly right so it was kind of you go in there and you know I remember being at the banquet I remember getting my tuxedo fitted I remember okay. being at the banquet I remember playing the game a few minutes uh, I remember getting scored on by uh, Kent Nielsen. Oh, yeah, the Magic and, Man. Uh, he kind of went across the front and slid it back behind me. I was, I was standing up. I wasn't down. But Mike Lee played great in the game. I don't remember anything else from it. It was okay. uh, kind of a blur, uh, a sure. lot of fun. I'd never seen the tape of the game. Ever. Oh, okay. See, maybe it'll bring back more if I saw it, but uh, you I'd know like what? to get the tape sometime. I don't think it's – I have the NHL vault. I'm, I'm, I'm a dork like that where I watch these old games, and I don't think it's yeah. on there either. And they, oh, have a, there must be. they have the 81, which was in Joe Louis Arena. It was like Gordie Howe's last one. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, I think they got the 82 one where Trache, I think, is the MVP. But, yeah, 81, no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, then my next one is in – I was playing for Washington, uh, played uh, in Philly. I remember we had to go from coast to coast. So we were in L.A. Okay. And then we had to come, you know, fly myself and yeah. Randy Burridge, who you had mentioned, yeah. Kevin Hatcher, was on the team at the time. I got a great picture of the three of us oh, cool. at the All-Star game that I had them both sign. Uh, it's, in, it's in my office right here. I'm looking at it now. But, uh, um, yeah, we had to fly coast to coast. And I remember, supposedly, the team asked L.A., because it was Gretzky, and I don't know who else from the L.A. team was playing it. They had a jet, and they were flying. They asked if we could fly in the jet with them, and they said no. <laughs> I don't know who said no. Maybe it wasn't Wayne. I can't put right. him on the bus because I don't know. But yeah, they yeah. were flying commercial, and I remember just dragging when we got there. It was uh, kind of a tough deal. And that's when the goals started get, being scored. I forget who it was the year before. had a bunch of goals scored. And uh, oh, I, I was sec- I played the second period. And uh, I had six scored on me, so it was <laughs> yeah, it was kind of devastating. But uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, at some point around the mid '80s, late '80s, these All Star games turned silly. You know, people yeah. stopped caring as much or whatever. And you guys, the goalies, were just targets. You know, at some yeah, point, it was yeah, um, it was just at the right time of the game, and you get hammered. It was me. I forget who was the year before. And every year, some goalie got lit up, and uh, <laughs> it, it happened to be me. But I got to tell a story with that because. Dale Hunter and uh, I think Dave Poulin. Okay. They went with their wives during the All-Star break. They they went to New York. Okay. And they were in the, uh, uh, what is it, something tea room or whatever. Their wives wanted to go there for lunch or yeah, yeah. to eat dinner or whatever. So they're watching the game. So they made this deal. It's like, I go in the second period. Every time Bofer gives up a goal, we're going to have a beer. <laughs> well, I gave up six, so I don't know how they got home that night. But, yeah, uh, really, right? Sorry, so. You're like, yeah, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> or you're welcome, either one. Yeah, either one, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's funny. Burge said that uh, him and Ferraro, because I was telling him about how I did one of these with Ferraro. Sure. They, he said either him or Ferraro, one of them looked at each other and was like, can you believe we're here? Like, yeah. we're not that good, but we're an all-star <laughs> game. Like, both of those guys were like, and Burge scored, so he was, he was stoked. Yeah, Randy was good that year. He had an unbelievable year. He was just flying. Uh, yeah, great guy. Um, he's totally committed, and he had a, a super year. He he definitely deserved to be there. Yeah, yeah. I know he said it. he was just – the way he played it off, he's like, oh, I was lucky. But it's like, come on, Randy. You scored a lot of those goals in tight. Um, Gretzky or Lemieux, who do you fear more? Or did, who did you not, – not now, of course. Who did you yeah. fear more? I mean, obviously two different players, but – and you're splitting hairs here. Obviously, I understand that too. But uh, yeah. what, talk about facing those two guys. 
Well, you know, early in my career, I mean, with Edmonton, we used to play them. We got knocked out of the playoffs mm-hmm. by by uh, Edmonton all the time, and uh, you know, Gretzky and their team in their prime, and uh, it was tough. I remember going in there, and you and you play the first period, but you might be up two to one, one nothing. Uh-huh. Things are going pretty good, and by the time the second period ends, Gretzky's got four points, and you're down by three or four. You know, it's uh, amazing. It was tough playing against them, though. I do have one tape of. A game at Met, Old Met Center that uh-huh. I shut them out. So, oh, nice! Uh, anyway, so, so I, sh- I get that out for my kids. Once in a while, so. <laughs> You're like, hey, check it out. But yeah, that- but so that was. I mean, I, and, and I would think Wayne Gretzky overall. You know, he was in his prime. I remember that, and 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 like I say, splitting hairs. I played you know, a lot of games against Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I really, I don't know what my record is, but I really felt confident against them for some reason. Yeah, we did lose against them, but mm-hmm. I had some some big games. I, I remember one time. Uh, I had a holdout, and uh, I went back. I think it was – it didn't work out too well for me because the team was winning. Mike Lee was there at the time. And uh, the team was on a road trip. I came back, practiced with the Caps. They went on a road trip. I went and played a couple games in the minors. I was going to meet them. My first game back after my big holdout in Pittsburgh. Okay. And uh, So they come off the end of a road trip. I forget where they went, mm-hmm. uh, maybe mid-country or not too far, not to the – West Coast, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they come back and they're obviously kind of tired. And we play Pittsburgh, and uh, we end up beating them like seven nothing. Oh, I had a shadow coming back. It was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pre- that was a lot of pressure there. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. of pressure. But playing against Marley Mew, and you know he's heard he has Hodgkin's disease and he has back problems, right? But, right. And he could have been numbers wise so much better as great as he was that you know yeah. I mean uh, you can't even speculate uh, what he could have did had he been healthy all the time, but. But two, both those teams, Edmonton and Pittsburgh, both those times and running up against them as much as we did, uh, uh, well, you know, you have to have nothing but respect for not only Wayne and Mario, but uh, for the for the organizations uh, they had going there. Well, you too, you know, you're playing in the uh, in the Western Conference at the height of Gretzky, Gretzky, Curry, Messe, Anderson, all these dudes, and then you know, smash cut. Uh, seven years later, you're now in the other conference with the height of Mario Yager's Francis Stevens, and everybody else. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? So as a goalie, you're just like, ah, oh, geez, you know, you know, you wonder how what you can do to stop these guys. So they were the roadblock in the playoffs all the time yeah. for you know both the North Stars are coming of our North Division there early, and then yep. uh, playing in Washington, you know, coming coming out of there, you know, to, to make it farther in the playoffs, and yep. uh, we we did it one time against Pittsburgh, but that's it. So it was. Uh, a tough deal. Never beat Edmonton. I mean, they were just. The thing is, in the North Division, though, we used to play Chicago. Yeah. That old rivalry in St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. You know, Toronto and, and Detroit were, weren't that strong at that time, so those are usually first rounders. Then we play these guys, and, and you go seven games in overtime a few times, <laughs> yeah. and then you're jumping on the plane, and you go to Edmonton, and they're sitting there waiting because they won four straight, you know? Yeah. And we just got beat up by Chicago or St. Louis, you know? <laughs> so it was, it was tough, you know? And then. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't think we won a game any time against them, if I remember right. I was so bitter as a Leaf fan. There was one year the Stars and the Leafs went down to the last game of the year, and the winner got into the playoffs. This was when the Stars weren't yeah. that great. And uh, yeah. I was so bitter the Stars won. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it was a painful being a Leaf fan for, for, for all those years, especially growing up in Winnipeg. It wasn't much better to be the Jets either, you know. But Well, I grew up a, a, watching the Leafs, and it was, you know, the same way. And Yeah. And and 
playing, uh, you know, it's funny because I started, I played with them, you know, relate my career and nothing really changed, you know, I mean, there's some hope, but nothing really changed. And yeah. how many, you know, up, up to now, look where they are now. Oh, I know. really changed for how many years. And it's really, when you look, it's hard to, hard to believe, you know, how long a stretch it could be. Tell me about it, Don. So I know, I know. I'm just, well, here, I'm just saying what you're thinking. I know. You know. Well, there was three years. The Gilmore years were great. And, yeah. uh, yeah. but you missed, you, you just missed those. When you were there, Burns was there. He got fired. Felix was, I don't know what happened to Felix. He was outstanding. And then the years kind of when you were around mid, mid-90s, he, I don't know what happened to his game. There was a St. Yeah. Louis game where he let the one in from center. Um, yeah. I don't know if you were on the bench then. But, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a weird, yeah, three, four years here and there. And then uh, in, in about 30, that's about it. Yeah, there's hope that they're coming back, you know, with Felix. But yeah. there's an older team then, you know. And yeah. I remember when I got traded there halfway through the year from, traded from Ottawa. And I mm-hmm. went there and there's all this hope of playing the playoffs. There's none in Ottawa, obviously could play in the playoffs. We end up playing St. Louis, but, but, uh, I just look at, we played Edmonton, was it Edmonton then? And they were young and they're, they're past their prime, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they had young guys. And I remember playing at Maple Leaf Gardens and they did everything that as a veteran team, the Leafs should have did. You know? Right. Right. And I had a good seat in the bench a lot that year. And, uh, <laughs> it's like late in the game and Toronto's making all the mistakes, all these veterans and yeah. Edmonds doing everything right. I'm like, boy, this isn't good. Here, yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, they went. Yeah, they went and got. Yeah, they got a lot of veterans. Um, which arena did you? Not not including the ones you you played for the teams. Which arena did you enjoy going to? Was was it maybe Maple Leaf Gardens? Yeah, I love Maple yep. Leaf Gardens and Montreal. You know, I mean, just you know, I look at now NHL Network is all Toronto, Montreal. But I really enjoyed even more being here, growing up, seeing those rinks, playing in those rinks, mm-hmm. and. and all the hype around there to watch. I love watching hockey night in Canada now. NHL Network shows it. Yeah, you know the the uh, hometown hockey deal Sunday right. nights. They yeah, show yeah. that almost regularly. I just I just love that. And and saw Doug McLean last week. I think it was uh, the week before. Anyway, yeah, he was in PEI. Yeah, 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 awesome deal, man. You know, so they're good. But anyway. Uh, yeah, go yeah, on. It's all good. But yeah, those two rinks. But you know, you love Madison Square Garden, Chicago Stadium, one yeah. of the best. You know. The, like, uh, yeah. Why was why was Landover so dark? Why was it always so dark? <laughs> right? Bad. Just it was just a bad rink, you know. Was it really? Okay, I've never been there. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, the design was just bad. And I think <laughs> they had the ceiling, they had ceiling tiles across the whole thing, and they're all black. And then the lighting up in the top was, and the seats were dark. <laughs> it was uh, like yeah, it was. But you know what? I'll tell you, when I played there, it was a home rink. I used to hate going there, uh-huh. and I learned to really like it a lot. So oh, okay. I don't know if it was a home rink, but uh, I learned to like it a lot. But uh, but uh, I don't think anybody shed, shed a tear when they tore that place down. Um, this next one for you uh, might be tough to, for you to talk about because you've done so many things in the game. You've played so many games. But is there a game or two that really stands out for you as just ones where you were unbelievable? I mean, you talked about that 7 seven nothing game against Pittsburgh, but coming off the holdout. But is there a, a couple games that stand out for you that were just phenomenal? Nothing was getting by I, you? Yeah, the one I remember most is just beating the Islanders my first year. Mm-hmm. The one win we had in the final. Yep. I mean, I remember that game pretty well, and my parents were there. It was kind of good fun. But probably the best game I think I played was when I was with Washington and we knocked out uh, Pittsburgh. And I, I remember there was a home game uh, at at the uh, Cap Center. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, Kevin Hatcher, who was our top player then, he what did he do? There's some he got kicked out of the game for okay. high stick or something. Uh-huh. I think I think he cut the guy or something and just playing and 
And I remember that game, and I remember Mario coming right down the middle of, middle of the first period or late in the first period, took a slap shot, and I did a split glove save, and 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 uh, and uh, I, I just remember yeah. playing that we beat them somehow without even Kevin, and I remember playing probably the most memorable, probably the best I ever played that game. Yeah, that. fans going crazy because they're yeah you're on the verge of eliminating them and everything, right? So right, it was just a big deal that we end up beating them and, and beating them without Kevin Hatcher in the end, you know. Sure. I don't I don't know how the heck we did it. Dave Poulin did a great job shadowing Mario, and I'm sure Randy Burridge uh, scored. I don't remember all the details, right. but I'm sure I'm sure that's what happened. Hatcher just just a gritty. He's a gritty player. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know oh, uh, no. he could do everything. So well, Don, thank you, uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate the walk down memory lane. I I appreciate you just. Answering some strange email you got to uh, to do this, man. Uh, yeah, it's been yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, it's always good fun to to relive some the old days, and every year they get older and older. So uh, I forget more and more. So. Well, let's let's have another repeat. I'm like I said, I remember you being on fire uh, in the alumni game against the Canes. <laughs> let's have another one with the with the North Stars coming up here. That'd be great. So. Yeah, I just you know I've, I've been skating a little bit, and uh, it's been good fun, and kind of breaking into some new equipment, and uh, actually played. We played at XL Sunday night, and uh, I felt actually comfortable, which is all I really want to do. So <laughs> now, I always tell everybody I want to peak too early. We have a month and a half yet. You yeah, know? yeah, I don't want to peak suck. too early, so I'm kind of watching what I'm doing here. So. I'll uh, I'll have a beer every time you let one in. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> well, Don Don Bopre, thank you for doing the uh, Paul Pocky podcast. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right, bye. Yeah, bye. Now.